Okay, good evening everyone. If you have your Bible, would you please open in 2 Timothy chapter 2, and we're going to read the first seven verses there. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1 to 7. You then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses, and trust to a reliable man who will also be qualified to teach others. Endure hardship with us like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No one serving as a soldier gets involved in civilian affairs. He wants to please his commanding officer. Similarly, if anyone competes as an athlete, he does not receive the victor's crown unless he competes according to the rules. The hardworking farmer should be first to receive a share of the crops. Reflect on what I'm saying, for the Lord will give you insight into all this. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word that is good to us, that is light on our path. We thank you for your word and your spirit that guides us and grows us in the knowledge of Christ Jesus our Lord. We pray tonight that you will speak to us. We thank you for the fact that you've prepared our hearts through the worship and the work of your spirit. So, Lord, we pray that you will turn our minds and our hearts on you. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, this passage um, is not new to us because Pastor John has used it a few months ago. I don't know if any of you remembers, 22nd of September last year. He's preaching the morning service from this uh, passage in the scripture. However, um, speaking to uh, Richard a few weeks ago about today as being the Living Hope um, Sunday, uh, I've asked him, you know, if there is a passage that really speaks to through uh, Living Hope this year. And he said, this is the passage. So I thought I better use that to bring a message from the Lord for, uh, for us tonight. I try to be short, so you'll be pleased that I will finish in about 10, 15 minutes maximum. So, Living Hope Ministries. Uh, uh, the first time when I heard about uh, Living Hope Ministries, I, I, someone gave me uh, the book uh, about the uh, existence of the history of Living Hope Ministries. And as I first um, turned a few pages in that book, I was really uh, touched and impressed by the way God has worked in Richard and uh, Elaine's life. And I'm glad that they're not here tonight because I don't want them to believe that I tried to brush them and make them feel, you know... Um, more than they are, but I'm sure God has worked and is working in their lives, and this work has been dedicated uh, proclaiming the gospel from here in Lansing to literally the ends of the world. Um, and it's, I believe with all my heart, reading that book and talking to Richard and other people who are supporting this work, it's a labor of salvation uh, for many, many people around the world. It's a ministry of discipleship, empowering the Christians to, um, in local churches uh, to be best equipped for the work of God. Someone said at the back of the book that is a history of how God uses ordinary people to do extraordinary things. And I thought that is really, really good. Um, it compre comprises everything that, that uh, someone has to say about living hope. 
And it's really encouraging for me, talking to Richard from time to time, to hear he said, oh, i just been on the phone with so-and-so in Africa, and 40 people gave their lives to the Lord. And I said one night, I said to him, look, Richard, you are doing all the exciting things. Uh, um, and it is exciting when you hear that God works in such a wonderful, wonderful way. So I will encourage you to pray for this ministry um, and for Richard and for all those involved in, in a good, bringing the good news um, here uh, in UK and across the world. Now, what is the call for us? I've, I've entitled my message tonight, Discipleship Based on Trust. And uh, first verse in, in chapter 2, uh, Paul um, writes to Timothy and he gives him a command. He says, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. He doesn't say, if you want, be strong. Uh, if you choose, be strong. He just said, be strong. And I think sometimes we forget and we don't really like to be told what to do. But this is what Paul does here. He tells Timothy, look, mate, be strong in the grace of God. Be strong in the grace of Jesus Christ. Draw your strength, your power from the grace that comes from Jesus Christ, uh, our Lord. There is no other way. And I think as Christians, we need to be reminded that the grace of Jesus Christ is available is not just for us to be saved from our sins, but the grace of Jesus Christ is the power of God that gives us strength to live every single day for him. It's very important because sometimes we uh, get cramped into the grace that only saves and grace is therefore saving. Yes, indeed, is the amazing power of God working salvation in our lives. But also that grace is available day in and day out for each one of us to live out that life. And it's very important to be reminded in verses 8 and onwards, which I preached from last year, again, Paul writes, remember Jesus Christ. And I, since I preached that sermon, I try to remember every single week that we need to remember who we are in Jesus Christ, uh, our Lord. Well, if this is the grace that God is giving us, and if this is the strength that helps us to live every single day in Christ, then why should we keep it secret? Why should we keep it secret? In verse 2, uh, Paul says, And the things that you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses entrust to reliable men who will also be qualified to teach others. I've entitled my message, Discipleship Based on Trust. Well, discipleship based on trust in God, in the grace of God that gives us salvation, but also discipleship is based on trusting those who have known the grace of God, that they will be able, growing in grace and in the knowledge of Christ, to pass this message to the next generation. You see, it's not good just for us to keep the good news for ourselves. It doesn't it doesn't develop, it doesn't grow. I remember uh, this picture, uh, uh, someone describing this picture. Someone in China in 18th century had a, a bad eye illness and what was, was produced by um, a worm that is in that particular area when this man lived. And then one day he's found a cure for this illness. And then knowing that there are many others in his uh, region that suffer with this terrible disease, then he went there and he took a, a, a row of 
bland man and woman and he tied them up with the rope around their, their middle and then he tied them by himself and then he took them to the, the hospital where he got treatment for them to be able to be to, to receive their sight back. And that is what happened. And I think we should sometimes, spiritually speaking, tie up people to ourselves to guide them to the place where, where God gives sight. We, we need to be able to pass the grace that has been given to us or the message of grace to faithful people, to trustworthy people, to people who are reliable and God will use to pass this message to the next generation. You see, discipleship, um, it doesn't happen by chance. Discipleship is not natural to human uh, beings. It doesn't just happen like that. Discipleship needs to be intentional. We are called to make disciples. You see, in Matthew chapter 28, when Jesus gives the command for people to go to the ends of the world, he doesn't say, go and make converts to your church. It doesn't say go and make members to your denomination. Jesus says go and make disciples, preach the gospel, teach them everything that I've taught you. And that is the call for each one of us. You see, um, Paul then, after he talks about this and he commands um, Timothy to do this, he gives three examples. He, he, he introduces the image of a soldier, of the athlete, and the farmer. And reading through this passage, I was thinking, what do these, I don't know, jobs have in common? Well, first of all, the soldier needs to train very hard and needs to be prepared for the fight. And he needs to endure the hardship. They all need strength. The athlete needs strength to train hard, to maintain his stamina, to be able to run the race so he can win the crown of victory. The farmer, I don't know if there are any farms in, farmers in the, in the room here, but I know when I, we used to have our little farm in Romania, you have to really get up at 4 o'clock, 4.30, to go and do the work, and it's not an easy task. And then all day long, it's a hard labor, hard labor, sweat, a lot of sweat. You have a lot of blisters in your palms, and you get a lot of stinky poo around you because that's the way it is. And it's not, it's, 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 it's not easy. You need strength. Someone needs really to be strong to be able to do, it, to do this. And Paul says, well, by the way, you get that strength from the, Jesus, from the grace that comes from Jesus Christ. Then the second thing that those people have in common is discipline. You see, a soldier cannot be good at his job unless he's disciplined. Unless he listens to what the commanding officer has to say and orders, he's useless. That's the reality. An athlete will never, ever win the prize unless he obeys the trainer's instructions, unless he follows the dice that is being given, the training programs. Uh, you know, you sign up for it. You have to put up with it. You have to be disciplined. Otherwise, you waste your time and you waste some other people's time and life. The farmer, he used to be disciplined in what he does. There's no point going to sow the seeds in June when you have to reap the wheat. You have to do that the previous September in order to gain a crop. You have to be disciplined. If you don't feed your cow 
at 4 o'clock or 5 o'clock in the morning. There's no point going to milk it at 8 o'clock. It's not going to give you anything. It's a reality. It's a fact. As Christians, if we want to be fruitful as disciples and making disciples, we need to listen to Jesus' commands. Jesus says in John 14, verse 15, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And there is a movement in a Christian church that says, well, we're free now. We are in Jesus. We don't have to uh, listen to any of the commandments. Throw them all out. No commandments. Well, Jesus has a different opinion. Again, in verse 21, uh, chapter 14 in John, he says, whoever has my commandments and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my father, and I will love him. I will reveal myself to him. In September, when Pastor John was talking from this passage, he said that we are in a situation in the church where we're either discipled by someone or discipling someone. Sometimes this happens simultaneously. And it's a reality. If you want to pray, get the prize. Each one of them, the commanding the soldier receives a prize when he pleases his commanding officer. The athlete receives a prize when he wins the crown's victory. The farmer enjoys the first fruit of his crops. We as Christians need to have that consciousness that God has called us to be full of that grace that we receive from him in order to receive the price. And the price is there for us. We were told the price is there for you, is just awaiting for you, for each one of us. You see, being a disciple is not just happening. You have to intend and choose every single day after you said in this, declared in this baptismal pool here as those two this morning declare that they will follow the Lord all the days of their life. Every single day when we wake up, we have to, again, commit to serve the Lord, to become the disciple, to be the disciple that the Lord has called us. But also, in the same time, to be able to trust enough brothers and sisters in our church to disciple others. You never know where the next pastor will arise, the next doctor will grow, the next manager, the next missionary. You never know where it comes from. And I really, really appreciate and value those who are working with the young people. You never know in a few years, you will, from those young people, you will hear great testimonies of the grace of God who has worked in people's life. And then you see, yes, that hour on Wednesday night was worth spending there. That time that I prayed, that time that I fasted for someone was worthwhile. God has worked. Right, tonight I'm not going to... Verse 7, it's a verse that calls for reflection. And I'm not, I'm not going to attempt tonight to explain what reflection means. I'm just going to ask you to do it. And we're going to do that if that's all right. We just close... Uh, I'm going to close my message by asking you to get into groups of three people, and we're going to do, we're going to do, we're going to pray together, but we're going to spend a few minutes of reflection. So I'm going to ask you, first of all, spend some time in reflection and see where are you as a disciple of Jesus, and where are you in making disciples? 
So where are you as a disciple of Jesus, and where are you in making disciples? Secondly, I would say to you, would you please give thanks to the Lord for all the discipleship that happens here in the town? It happens a lot in the worship band. It happens a lot in the young people's work. It happens a lot in the home groups. It happens a lot in the prayer groups. So I would say to you, would you please pray and give thanks to the Lord for those who give their time, give their, I don't know, sacrificial work to, to make this job, make this work for the Lord. Give thanks. And also, last thing, and not that this is the last, but I will pray for you, if I will ask you to pray that God will mature people in our church, that there will be people available and they will be able to make disciples here, not only in our generation, but in the generation that comes after us. The world does not finish with us. There is a tomorrow, and God is in control of that. So do pray, do pray hard that we here in the tab will be mature enough, available enough, and able enough to make disciples for the tab of 21st century. Okay, so if you could turn into groups of three and then let's proceed with, with this.